Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today for these amazing, world-changing leaders. And we say, Lord, have your way in our call tonight. Have your way in our discussion tonight. Father, we pray um, that we would recognize the value of now. What does that mean? The moment that you have given us in the world. Father, there's grief. There's anger. There's disdain, there's frustration, there is sadness, there is anxiety, there is fear, there is panic. All of these things require leadership to rise up. And so, Father, I pray that as I pour into leaders tonight, Father, uh, that we would see you move in a remarkable way in them and through them, Father, for your glory. Father, I speak to the strength of every leader. I pray that it increase. I pray to the focus of every leader. I pray that it increase. I pray to the fortitude of every leader. I pray that it would increase tonight. We do this for your glory. So whatever field we are in, be it arts and entertainment, business, education, government, family, media, church, whatever it may be, uh, Father, I pray that you would use us for your glory. I speak to the curse breaker in these leaders. I command that to rise up. And I even pray that tonight, Father, as we journey through tonight's leadership talk, dealing with anger, uh, Father, I pray that you would take anger that's inside of leaders and turn that into substantive action for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, again, welcome tonight uh, to our uh, leadership uh, call, which will also be available on our leadership podcast. And, uh, one, I want to make sure that you have got the Harvest uh, app. If you don't have that, you can go to harvestsearch.church, or you can text uh, HARVEST to uh, the phone number 59769, and uh, you are able to get it that way also. Let me say this. In our app, there's so many great resources that are in there for you. There's messages. There's music. When we go live, there's so many great things that are in there for you. What the Harvest Leadership Network is all about is empowering leaders to change regions and seize the harvest. And so um, that's what this is all about. And leaders exist and more than just the world of church. Leaders exist in all of the seven major spheres of society, which you've heard me mention. And so what we endeavor to do through the Harvest Leadership Network is empower leaders, right? Who leads the leaders? Who's the general to the general? Uh, Who is the pastor to the pastor? Who's the executive coach to the executive, right? And so that's something that I have the privilege of being able to do for people, and, uh, and it's something that I thoroughly enjoy because at the end of the day, when you impact the leader, you impact the organization uh, um, in a far greater way. When you impact an individual, that's amazing. But when you impact a leader, you've got the ability to literally have impact on multiple individuals because it, essentially you, you multiply your efforts when you impact leaders. And so I'm glad. We're going to spend uh, a little time tonight together for me to pour into you, and it's going to be amazing. I want to invite you. This will actually be the last month that um, the Harvest Leadership Network will be structured in its current way. We're going to be evolving soon so that it will provide for me to have an opportunity to spend some time with leaders in a more direct way. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to be rolling out what that evolution looks like. And so I encourage you to stay connected. As of right now, though, to join HLN, it's absolutely no cost. Um, there's great benefits that are available to you. 
One of those includes many leaders like doing one-on-one sessions with me. Um, I do this for many executives, pastors of all sizes of organizations, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a startup, whether you are Fortune 500 corporation, uh, whether you are brand new to the past group or whether or not you built a 100,000-square-foot facility, uh, leaders of all backgrounds uh, call upon me to uh, on those one-on-one sessions to do that. And so if you're a member of HLM, you have access to those and you have access to those at a reduced rate. Let me do say when we do do the sessions through um, Harvest, one of the great things about it is the funds from that are actually offerings that are used to fund the, um, the Harvest Foundation. So it's amazing, and the Harvest Missions. So it's amazing that even though you're being built up and encouraged, you're actually helping to change the lives of other people, all right? So because of that increased demand uh, on me, for leaders, uh, again, as I've already made reference to, we are going to be uh, making a change as it relates to um, uh, how the leadership network is structured, all right? So stay connected to that. We're going to be evolving. Let me also say, again, as I already mentioned, that we're going to be updating the dates for our annual Harvest Conference this year. It's typically, uh, this year was scheduled to be in August, so that will be right there in the middle of summer, right before back to school. Of course, this year we have the coronavirus outbreak, which, again, we pray for what? A swift end. Can I get you to say that with me? A swift end to this coronavirus outbreak. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, while we certainly mourn and we certainly pray for those who have lost a loved one, a family member, a coworker, a friend, anyone um, that they may have known uh, throughout this time. We certainly uh, pray uh, for them and pray for them during their process of grief. But we also say um, during this time, we also say um, that we are thankful that it is coming to an end. And so, matter of fact, let's just cover that in prayer. Father, we pray for every family, every individual that's in a state of grief, because they have lost someone during this coronavirus outbreak, Father. We send your word now to heal them. Your word says that healing is the children's bread, and so we send your word now to heal them. Be their shalom. That means peace, that nothing would be missing, nothing would be lacking, nothing would be broken, and that all would be well. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm also doing something. So if you don't subscribe to the Bishop Format Leadership Podcast, do that. I'm also doing something a little different tonight. We're recording this, and um, so we're going to do a video of it too, right? So it's kind of like an unplugged uh, behind-the-scenes, if you will. And so uh, to everybody that follows me on social media, if you don't, definitely do that, at Bishop Foreman, B-I-S-H-O-P. F-O-R-E-M-A-N, and you can connect with us that way. So we'll have that posted uh, on uh, some of our social media uh, for folks to be able to sort of get the behind-the-scenes, if you will, uh, look at this training. So it's amazing. Play it, everybody that's uh, watching. It's going to be good. All right. Listen, guys, I love hearing the testimonies. Even if you're not a member of the Harvest Leadership Network, if you receive and you're on our calls um, and, and you're connected and you get the word and you're blessed, I would love still to hear your testimonies. Why? The Bible says in Revelation 12, we overcome the enemy by two things, by the blood of the lamb. Jesus settled that 2,000 years ago and the word of our testimony. So you are a living, walking, talking, breathing testimony. Do you hear me, leader? You are a testimony. You are not um, just some bump on the log. You're not some random occurrence. You are quite literally a testimony. And so I love to hear how God is working in the lives of people that are connected to HLN, and I want to hear your testimony, all right? So uh, I want to read you one. This is just a random one. I want to read you one 
Uh, this just says, blessed to be a blessing. Salome, I'm so excited to be a part of Harvest. I'm thankful to have an amazing man of God to feed me, not just Sunday, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, not to forget pop-ups. Come on here. Thank you, Bishop, for always being consistent and persistent, feeding all the harvesters with the word. Since attending Harvest, my life has changed. I've changed. I've been healed. I've been blessed. I've become a, a homeowner. I've become a better mother, daughter, friend, and most of all, woman of God. Watch God work it out. I'm a domestic survivor. Uh, I'm a survivor from domestic violence, suicidal thoughts. I've made it, and I'm still making it. Every day is better. Thank you, Bishop. I'm a homeowner. Put that in here twice. I can't wait to spread my blessing and story to the people in ATL. Come on, ATL, Harvard Church, ATL is on the way. Uh, in fact, at the time of this recording, um, our first digital interest gathering, which, of course, we had to alter some things, but I need you to hear me and please know this as a leader, that every delay is to your benefit. When you're a leader, sometimes you think you're going to get to places further and faster than it actually happens. Delay doesn't mean denial. Every delay is to your benefit. So one of those things we had to delay uh, was the uh, progression of Harvest Search Atlanta, but we're going to have our first digital interest gathering. And uh, you can, again, go to our app, Next Harvest to 59769 to get more information about that, and uh, so you can be a part, that, a part of that, or go to Harvest Search Centers. What an amazing testimony. So many. I just literally pick a random one. I don't even look at them uh, in advance. Here's another one. It says, Shalom, sir, last week you declared that help where I needed the most was heading my way, and it's coming this week. I believe and receive that I received my stimulus check, which I didn't think I qualified for due to my past taxes in, mail, in the mail on Saturday. I recently increased my giving, and I know that's why I received it. Hashtag faithful givers flourish. There are so many testimonies that are on here. Uh, and even during this time where there are so many people that are unemployed and, and are going through challenges, can I be honest? The testimonies that I'm seeing from harvesters is that harvesters are prospering, harvesters are doing well, and even harvesters that are falling into challenges, they're following the word and they're seeing the word work. And I just, um, it's such a blessing as a shepherd and as a leader, not just to Harvest Church, but to our leadership network, to Bible, Harvest Bible College, to the foundation and to all of the things that we do. Uh, it's amazing to see the lives of harvesters that are being impacted. So I encourage you, if you're blessed, bless what blesses you. You can sow uh, if you want to do that. And uh, the ways to do that, we started adding this to our leadership talks. Uh, because so many leaders are saying, how can I give? How can I sow? And so we just want to make it clear. Clear, uh, You can do that. One, if you want to use cash app, Harvest Church Give. Harvest Church Give is the cash tag. Or if you want to send it directly to me as a love offering, you can do it to Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N. If you want to um, mail it in, you can mail it in right now, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. You can listen to the replay, but I'll give it to you one more time. P.O. Box 441004. Uh, Aurora, Colorado, 844. You can also go to our website, harvestsearch.church, click the Give button. We've added PayPal, Harvest Search Give is the tag there. We've added Venmo, Harvest Search Give is the tag there. And, of course, um, our app, a simple, easy way to give. You can give through our mobile app. Um, just text Harvest to 59769 to get that. Click the Give button, and you'll be able to get that. And you can do that. Guys, let's jump into tonight's leadership talk. And depending on how much time we have, we may have an opportunity to take some questions at the end. Um, one of the things that's going on right now in the world, today I want to start with a story, then we're going to um, cover today's leadership talk in prayer. I want to start with a story. So today is something that's referred to 
um, that the social media thing called Blackout Tuesday. And so essentially, um, there's so many different streams of it. But what the goal was is right now, if you don't know, uh, America is um, dealing with a series of protests in virtually every state in America, and these protests are across America, across the world from Nigeria to uh, places in Canada to places in uh, London and Australia and Germany. I mean, there have been protests in all uh, manner of places. The protest, what is very clearly racial uh, injustice uh, in America. It's no doubt it's been here for 400 years. If you haven't seen my comments as well as my prayer on it, I encourage you to go look at it. I spoke to it um, for about 25 minutes. I explained it to you, gave you history, and then we covered it in prayer. Praying, hear me, leaders, praying um, alone is not enough. The right prayers will get you the right results, and the right results start with you, get you acting on a plan. Um, many times people say, you just need to pray. Well, we've got to make sure we're praying the right prayers so that we're getting the right results so that we can uh, enact a plan. Right? It's kind of like just praying, Lord, I just pray that today you would just be with me. Well, he's going to be with you. So You know, he already said he'll never leave you and never forsake you. So that alone is an insufficient prayer. You've got to pray a prayer that's going to be directed at getting you the results you want to see. I say that to say, so um, it's unclear exactly who, but um, this Blackout Tuesday was essentially done as a social media way uh, to talk about um, the injustices going on and begin to um, post information that was about voting and about taking action and corporations taking action to stop racial injustice, all right? And so I did a post. I did a post um, in solidarity with that because I thought that was a good concept. And then this evening I said it's Blackout Tuesday, and I went on to say um, more than ever we need uh, leadership in America because we can see what the absence of leadership looks like uh, in America. And so these leadership calls have never had – and our podcasts have never had any type of costs associated with them. There's no um, subscription fee, anything like that. And it's something that I do to pour into leaders. I believe that um, we're blessed to be a blessing. And so I pour into leaders of every background, and leaders receive it, and leaders are being blessed. Thousands of people uh, get the podcast, and they're blessed and receive the information and, and act on it. And so um, I did that post to talk about our leadership call because I said now is a better time than ever for leaders in every sphere to begin to take action, right, and to begin to grow and to begin to learn and to be stronger. And I was amazed. I looked down on my phone, and I was amazed because I started getting some of the most hateful comments about, um, you know, essentially say you're trying to profit off of this. I said, profit off of it? It's literally a free call. I'm pouring my time. I said, profit, that's ridiculous. Things like, uh, you don't even get it. And, this, and what was amazing is, is, is 90% of the comments were coming from people that were white or Hispanic. And I thought, well, wait a minute. But listen, I, I appreciate your, your passion, but you'll never get it because I'm a black man. You'll never understand this the way that I do, and you will never have to navigate through what I have had to navigate through uh, and have to navigate through as an African-American man. And so the comments began to come in. They were profanity-laced, and the majority of them didn't come from African-Americans. In fact, probably it's close to about 95 to 98%. And so, of course, you all know we just blocked it and kept it moving. You never get into an argument where there's nothing to win. You never get into a fight where there's nothing to win, because I began to think to myself, well, Tell me how many people you've clothed and how many people you've fed and how much money you've given. Today, I spent my day dealing with 
um, the Attorney General and others, uh, elected officials, so that we could get a very crucial law change. So what did we get? We got results today. We got a bill that is getting ready to be introduced in the Colorado legislature that uh, we'll be able to take action on. And that thing should be uh, voted on before the legislative session ends by next Friday. What we did today was negotiate and get some things done and have some very direct conversation to get things done and to make sure that pressure was applied where it needed to be applied um, to elected officials. Um, and so immediately I got angry, and that's what I want to talk about. I got angry, and the timing of it was so apropos because as I got angry, as I was reading some of those, and I was just saying, this is crazy. I'm like, what are you all doing? Like, did you read the post? I'm trying to empower leaders. I said, I've spent my life empowering people since I was a kid at 12 years old when I started my first business. And I started navigating through all of these things, and I got angry. I got really angry. I got really angry, and I got really mad. And the Lord said, um, and this is already what I was going to talk about. He says, now, turn that anger into action. So I want to share that. I wanted to share that with you all tonight so that you will understand as a leader, you are going to have moments and times in your leadership journey you're going to get angry. And I want to show you what to do with your anger. Anger alone, watch me, anger is one letter away from danger. So if you don't handle your moments correctly when you're angry, you're going to get into danger. And I need you as a leader, hear me, you are a world-changing, history-making, curse-breaking leader. So you cannot allow your anger to get you into a place of danger. Let's cover tonight's talk in prayer. Father, over these next few moments, guide my tongue uh, to pour into these leaders. And uh, tonight, Father, I pray that we would turn our anger into action. For your glory and everything that we do in Jesus' name, Amen. So I want to give you a scripture, and um, again, everything is about you as a leader. So everything that I'm going to teach you tonight, and everything that you're going to, going to get on the Bishop Former Leadership Podcast, is going to be about a leadership perspective. How do I take spiritual principles that teach clear leadership? Because remember. That Bible is a book of decisions. It's a book about leaders. It's a book about politics. It's a book about government. It's a book about media. It's a book about arts and entertainment. It's a book about family. Are you getting it? All the seven spheres of society come right from that book. And so the Bible is not this separate thing that we utilize only when we've got spiritual issues. Literally every sphere of society is spoken to from the word. So as a leader, that believes in the Lord, you've got to make sure that your foundation is biblical, our biblical principles. So let me give you the scripture. Ephesians 4, uh, and let's, give, uh, let's get to Ephesians 4, verse 26. It says, be angry. Now, this is important. He says, it's okay to be angry. Can I get every leader to write that down or type that in your notes? If you're using social media, you can do it as an Insta story or a, a tweet. It's okay to be angry. Hear me, leader. It is okay to be angry. I'm going to say it one more time. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to get mad. It's okay to get frustrated. Watch the line. Be angry and do not sin. Stop. He says, it's okay for you to get angry. It's okay for you to get mad. It's okay for you to be frustrated. It's okay for you to want to holler. He says, but guess what? Don't step into sin. Now, when we think of sin... Um, most of us think of, you know, very vile things, right? But sin in its simplest form simply means to miss the mark. He says, when you're, ang- when you're in anger, you're so close to danger that it's easy for you to make the wrong decision. I'm going to back that thing up. 
when you are in anger, you are so close to danger that it's easy for you to make the wrong decision. So it's easy for you to sin or miss the mark, not accomplish your goal, not accomplish your end result because of your anger. And leaders, if we were to be honest tonight, how many of you can say, listen, I know exactly what that is. And and can I be honest? I'm the first one to raise my hand. There have been moments in my life as a leader where my anger has caused me to sin. What does that mean? It has caused me to miss the mark. I stopped focusing on what was most important to focus on what was least important. I stopped stopped focusing on the actual problem and got caught up with something else. And as a leader, you've got to be careful that you don't allow your anger to cause you to sin. That's good, right? Because sin doesn't mean some vile thing where you out hollering, screaming, cussing, doing all kind of crazy stuff. It means you miss the mark. So as a leader, if you're not careful, your anger will make you miss the mark. You'll make the wrong hiring decision because you're angry. Come on. You'll make the wrong statement to your upline because you're angry. You'll send the wrong email to someone because you're angry. You'll do the job in a sloppy way because you're angry. Come on, y'all. You will end up doing things that cause you to miss the mark because you're angry. And let's be honest. Most of your anger doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with what's going on with the people and the circumstances around you. Let's see if I can use two Ps, the people and the problems going on around you. So Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry, but don't you start making stupid mistakes because you're angry. That's the Bishop Warmer translation. Don't let the sun go down on your anger in verse 27 and give no opportunity to the devil. Why does he say don't let the sun go down on your anger? Essentially, he's teaching a principle. The principle is, is he says, don't keep whatever has you mad longer than a day. Don't keep a problem longer than 24 hours. Don't keep a problem with a person longer than 24 hours. Our job as leaders is to solve problems. Can I get you to type that or write that down or or tweet it or Insta story? I'm a problem solver. That's who you are. Our job as leaders is to solve problems. Anybody can create them. It takes leadership to solve them, which is why you see certain people, even in American culture, that they have position, but they don't solve problems. In fact, they create them. They have position, but they don't know how to fix things. They just know how to break things. This is so important to get because that's the difference between being someone that has position and someone that actually is a leader because you can be a leader, watch me, and not have position, and you can be in position and not be a leader, all right? So be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger to give no opportunity to the devil. What does that opportunity look like? As a leader, that opportunity looks like this. It looks like moments um, where you're so angry that you begin to alter reality. I'm going to say it like, again, you're so angry you begin to alter reality. So you give place to the devil. And notice uh, it says devil in Ephesians 4. It doesn't specifically say Satan. So devil deals with more of a concept, more so than um, the individual we think of with Satan. So when we think of Satan, in Hebrew it's the word ha-Satan, the Satan, the accuser. It's, that's a title more than a name. Um, when we see the devil, it is more of actions more than a name. He says, don't give any opportunity to things that are against you. Whoa. Don't give any opportunity to things that are going to fight you. Because when you get angry, you can begin to alter reality. 
You'll think that it's worse than what it really is. You'll think that it's not as good as it really is. You'll think that things are against you when they're really not. So I want to take you into a story. Now, this is going to blow your mind, and I want to give you a few leadership principles for tonight's leadership talk, and that's it. Right now, there's a lot of angry people in America. You got a lot of angry leaders in America. And when you're in an angry, and when you are an angry leader, you have to decide what you're going to do about it. Anger should lead into action. So I want to go to uh, uh, Numbers chapter 20, and here's the leader that it's easy to learn a lot from. His name is Moses. Moses' name in Hebrew, the language of the Bible, the language of God, it is Moshe. It means to draw out. He was literally drawn out of the Nile River. So they named him that, but when they named him that, they were actually prophesying to his future. Leader, you need to know what your name means because your name is a prophecy about your future. Your name is a prophecy about what you are going to do in the future, all right? But my name literally means, and this is just what it means, it means a handsome, my first middle and last name, it means a handsome overseer that's close to God. Now, that's what it means. I'm not trying to be uh, um, bragged, you know, braggadocious or pretentious or anything like that. That's just what my name literally translates into. So it was prophesying that I would be close to the Lord and that I would be an overseer. Well, guess what bishop means? It means overseer, to oversee, all right, amongst other things. So to God be the glory for that. The Lord knew what uh, he was doing when my name was given to me. Now, Moses' name means to draw out. He was drawn out of the Nile, but God was going to use him to draw his people out of 430 years of slavery. I need you to write this down. What am I here for? I need you to write that down, leader, or type that. What am I here for? Every leader needs to know what they are leading and what they're doing it for. If you're a leader in church, what are you doing it for? If you're a leader in a company, what are you doing it for? If you're a leader in government, what are you doing it for? If you don't have clarity on what you're here for, you're going to make careless mistakes in your leadership journey because you're not certain what you're supposed to be doing. Let's move further. So we look in Numbers chapter 20, the death of Miriam. Miriam is Moses' sister. Her name um, translates ultimately into a, a root of bitterness. Bitterness, that's interesting, all right? So uh, Numbers 20, verse 1, and the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zen on the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. So who died? Miriam. What does Miriam represent? Bitterness. She represents bitterness. What's bitterness? Bitterness is the residue of a painful experience. Let's stop, leaders. Your anger will be intensified if you do not first deal with your issues of bitterness. I'm going to say it again. Your anger will be intensified if you, deal not, if you do not deal with your issues of bitterness. You've got to look at your life and ask the Lord as a leader. I don't care if you're an elected official, a CEO. You've got to ask yourself, where are my areas of bitterness? Even right now in America, if you've got bitterness, all you're going to do is hurl insults. You're not going to solve problems. And, and, and what was amazing to me, even with the story I began to share with you, was how many people were so uh, fixated on saying some throwing hurls and hurling insults that the anger wasn't addressed to the, in the right direction. The anger wasn't addressed at solving the problem or solving issues because there's bitterness, got it? And bitterness will always make you a bad leader, all right? Let's cover that in prayer. Father, I pray for every leader's bitterness tonight. Any areas where there's a residue of a painful experience from childhood, from growing up, wherever that might be, I pray that you reveal that to us. 
so you can heal that in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, listen, it goes on. So when we get to Numbers uh, 20 and 2, it says uh, 20 in verse 2, now there was no water for the congregation. Why is there no water? Because the whole congregation went into the wilderness of Zen, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and Aaron. So let's look at what happens. Whenever the people have a problem, the first place that they go to blame is a leader. Now, sometimes that's justified, right? Um, sometimes that's not justified. Uh, in this particular instance, they gathered together against Moses and Aaron, and the people called with Moses and said, so they started fighting back and forth with them verbally. Would, uh, would, we, uh, would that we perish when our brothers perish before the Lord? Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? Stop. Where they're at was a necessary part of their journey to get results. Because who just died? Bitterness did. So check this out. Um, as a leader, you sometimes will have to lead people into places that are not convenient and are not nice and are not fun, that require hard work, that require diligence, that require extra hours, that require burning the midnight oil. But these things are necessary so that uh, the process of the people development can continue. See, bitterness had just died. Y'all stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching us tonight. Bitterness had just died. And immediately they say, well, why did you bring us out here? Well, bitterness needed to die. So the reason we're out here is because we have to deal with this issue. Listen to me, leaders. Sometimes things have to get messy so you can clean them up. Come on. Sometimes things have to get loud so you can have peace. As a leader, you cannot be afraid of the mess. As a leader, you cannot be afraid of the crowd. As a leader, you cannot be afraid of the rah-rah. Even in America, you know what's interesting to me? The difference in certain people's police response. I've got a meeting on Thursday, again, because I'm a man about getting results. got a meeting on Thursday uh, with the person that um, supervises public safety uh, in the city of Denver. Why? To talk about the response and how they've been responding and handling situations with protesters. Now, hear me. What's amazing to me about that situation, there are some chiefs of police uh, and some police forces where they are actively marching with the crowds. The noise is coming, and they're marching with the crowds and say, we agree. It's very simple. This was a murder that happened to George Floyd, and it's wrong, and we stand against it. They're marching with the people. As a leader, they're not running from the issue. Then you have other leaders who have decided, watch me, other leaders that have decided, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to use tear gas, and we're going to use intimidation tactics, and we are going to use curfews, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that to try to shut it down. Well, the curfews don't work. Telling grown people to go home after they've been locked up for 75 days due to quarantine is, 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 is not working. I mean, you know, whether or not it's good policy or not, well, does it work? No, it's not working. It's, it, it's making people want to be more angry and be more frustrated. Certain leaders are engaging um, with the problem, engaging the issue, and so they're not seeing a lot of the uh, uh, things turn into violence and what have you. What are you saying, Bishop? is that as a leader, you've got to realize sometimes you've got to lead people into places that are part of the process, and you can't be afraid of them grumbling because it's necessary, all right? Can I get you to write this? I won't be afraid of the crowd. I won't be afraid of the crowd. As a leader, you cannot be afraid of the crowd. Let's keep going. So Moses cried out um, to the Lord. So basically the people, they complained to him, and they said, you brought us out of here to kill us and kill us with thirst. Now, this is the same Moses that sets you free. Why would Moses 
want to kill you with thirst. Here's the second thing that happens. So one, the people blame them. Number two, here's what they do. They make false accusations. When you are a leader, please hear me. When you call the shots, you have to be ready to take the shots. If you're not being lied on regularly, you're not leading effectively. I'm going to say that again. If you are not being lied on regularly, you might not be leading effectively. You'll notice I added might not in there. Um, because certainly, are there bad leaders? Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think most leaders strive to be better leaders, right? That's why you're on this call or watching this behind-the-scenes footage or listening to the podcast. You want to be a better leader. Moses was falsely accused. They said to him, you want to bring our kids out here so you can kill us with thirst. Moses is the man that got you free. Does that even make any sense? No. You've got to get used to being lied on. You've got to get used to your words being twisted. That comes with the seat of leadership, all right? Verse 4, so Moses cried to the Lord. Moses' response at first is the right response. Moses goes to the Lord. Moses goes to the Lord. Um, and, uh, and actually, I, I, I jumped over to Exodus. We're going to get back to Exodus. Let me get you over here to Numbers 20. It says, and why have you made us, Numbers 20, verse 5, and why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Is it no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink? Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Everything in both uh, Numbers 20, which I told you, and Exodus 17, I'm going to tell you why I hopped over there to read a little bit of that in a moment, uh, is the right response so far. They go to the Lord. So whenever you are dealing with where you've got agitation from the crowd, you've got false accusations from the crowd, what you need to do is first go to the Lord. Leaders. How many times do you get frustrated and angry, but you don't pray? I want to challenge you that when you've got a people problem, pray. When you've got a problem, pray. When you've got a financial problem, pray. When you've got a supplier problem, pray. When you've got a vendor issue, pray. The, the thing we've got going for us as leaders that believe in the Lord is that we've got God with us. Can I get you to open your mouth and say that? God is with me. And if God is with you, um, then you need to know that's where your greatest strength is. So it goes on. Uh, Exodus, or excuse me, Numbers 20, verse 8, uh, or verse 7. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, so he prays. So remember, he's been falsely accused. He's being agitated by the people. Um, what was supposed to be the end of bitterness creates another problem because he had to lead them to a place that created another problem. That's leadership. Like, there's no day as a leader where you can just say, oh, my God, there's going to be no problems. You literally exist to solve it. That's what a leader does. And sometimes leaders, you get mad and angry, like, oh, my God, why I got to deal with this? That's what leaders do. You solve things. We solve things, all right? I'm almost done. Verse 7, and the Lord spoke to Moses. So God responds to Moses saying, verse 8, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock, listen, 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 tell the rock before their eyes, whose eyes? The congregation? And Aaron, tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and the cattle. Y'all ready? What was God's instruction? Tell the rock. Speak to the rock. Verse 9. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded it. Verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here it is. Here now, you rebels. What do we know Moses is? He's mad. He's angry. How do you know that? 
He doesn't say, here now you thank to the most high God. He calls them rebels. That means he's angry. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, listen, guys, because you did not believe in me to uphold me holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring them into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel crawled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Stop the presses. Wait one minute. What just happened? God told Moses, speak to the rock. In Moses' anger, he beats the rock. And the consequence is that Moses cannot go into the promised land. Wait a minute. Moses has waited his whole life to get to this place. He's, he's gone through this entire journey to get to this place. And now God says to him, when you were angry, watch it, you acted out of our order. Come on, leaders. When you were angry, you acted out of line. Leaders, how many of us, when we have gotten angry, we got out of line? When we've gotten angry, we got out of order. Watch me. When we got angry, we got out of position. When we got angry, we quit. When we got angry, we gave up. When we got angry, we didn't respond to the email. When we got angry, we didn't deal with the issue. When we got angry, we didn't deal with the problem. Come on, my hands up. It's all happened. It's happened to us all. God says to Moses, because you did this, you're not entering the promised land. Now, Moses has this track record, track record, y'all, of, uh, of amazing things. He delivers the children of Israel. After ten plagues, they walk across the Red Sea on dry land, and Pharaoh's army is drowned. Pharaoh has to watch his army drown. They get manna from heaven. Um, their sandals don't wear out. And now we get to this water incident, and because of this one incident, listen, because of this one incident, God says, Moses, I'm done. You're not going into the promised land. Why would God be so harsh for this one thing? Come on, leaders. Have you ever felt like, God, why, why, why are you so tough on me and you don't do nothing to them? Because the price of leadership means you have to listen more quickly. I'm going to say that again. The price of leadership is you have to listen more quickly. This is very vital. Let me tell you why God was so harsh. Because one of the things that happens when we're angry, I'm about to show you something. One of the things that happens when we're angry is that we alter reality. Remember I've mentioned that? We alter the facts. We will even alter what God said to justify what we did. Come on. We will even alter what God said to justify what we did. Bishop, what do you mean? Remember how I just made reference to Exodus 17. I want to go back, and I want to read the same story, but I want you to read it, and you're going to notice the difference. Exodus 17, verse 1, same story. Watch the difference. By the way, Moses wrote both Numbers and he wrote Exodus. First five books of the Bible, Torah, Moses wrote. Listen to this, Exodus 17, verse 1. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages. So where are they at? They are in the wilderness of sin. What did Ephesians say? Be angry, but do not sin. In other words, he says, Moses, you're in a place where it's going to be easy for you to miss the mark. Be careful. Hear me, leaders. Right now with all of this unrest and all of this uncertainty, it's going to be very easy to make mistakes. You've got to be careful because you don't want to make mistakes during this time that have consequences that outlast the time. 
right, according to the commandment of the Lord, and they camped by Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Verse 2, therefore the people called with um, Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you call with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? All of that's the same in both stories. Verse 4, so Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Wait, 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 wait. That's not in Numbers 20. Where did you get this from? Moses' anger is making him sin. Whoa, come on, leaders. Moses' anger is making him alter the facts. Moses' anger is making him start to alter the truth. The reason God was so severe with him is because he said, Moses, it wasn't just about what happened with the people. You started lying and started lying on me. My God, let me show this to you. Look. Verse 5, and the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some elders of Israel, and taking your hand the staff in which you struck the Nile, and go. All of that's basically the same. It just doesn't mention Aaron specifically, but it's basically the same as Numbers 20. Look at verse 6. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. Listen, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of elders in Israel. Moses, that's a lie. Moses, you're lying, sir. God did not tell you to strike the rock. Come on, leader, you're about to get it. Moses, God did not tell you to strike the rock. He told you to speak to the rock, Moses. Why are you lying? Because your anger has gotten you into sin. Your anger has you altering the reality. You think it's worse than what it really is, and it's not. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I got this. Come on. I got this. I got this. Every leader, please, I don't care where you're at, across America and around the world, open up your mouth and make that declaration and say, I got this. Moses starts lying, and he lies even on God. He says in Exodus that God told him to strike the rock, but that's not true. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Guess what? He finally tells the truth in Numbers. He finally tells the truth in numbers. He finally tells the truth in numbers. Y'all hear me? He finally tells the truth in numbers. Guys, what are you saying to me? What I'm saying to you is it's so very important to get this principle. Moses started lying, and he altered the truth because of his anger. That's the reason God's consequence to him was so severe. Verse 7 and he, of Exodus 17, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Moses, he got angry, and he started to sin. Can I ask you a question, and I'm done. What areas have you changed what God said to fit what you see? What areas, leaders, and we've all done it, we've all done this. Since we still got to, wait a minute, there it goes, there it goes. Since we still got a post, God still got a plan. My challenge to every leader tonight is to look at the areas where you're angry and ask yourself, have I begun to alter reality? Have I begun to alter the facts? Have I begun to alter what God says because of what I see? Am I reducing it to make it simpler um, because it seems too overwhelming? And, but that ain't what God said. If you're a pastor, are you letting the crowd and what the people are doing alter what you are doing. 
Moses began to alter reality because he got angry and he started to sin. And so God's consequence to him was so severe because he said, Moses, Moses, you literally, you literally are making this up. I didn't say that. I did not say that you are making this up. And that's exactly what happened. Listen, tonight I want to push you, push us, leaders, and I want to cover in prayer areas where we're angry. Um, can I get you to start thinking in some areas where you're angry? Maybe it's with your staff. Maybe it's with your team. Maybe it's with um, your resources. Maybe it's, maybe it's with everything going on in America. Maybe it's with your business. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your kids. I want to challenge you. Be angry, but do not step into sin. Father, I pray for every leader tonight that we would take our anger and cause it to take, uh, cause us to take action, and that that action would help us to move forward as parents, as CEOs, as pastors, executives, bishops, whatever area and sphere of leadership we're in. Father, we don't want our anger to cause us to sin. Instead, our anger should cause us to take action. What's that action look like? Number one, it's to pray. When Moses prayed, you then gave him a plan. Then, Father, give us the persistence and the consistency to stick to the plan. You said speak to the rock, not beat it. Forgive us for beating what you said speak to. Forgive us for stressing over what you said sow into. Forgive us for giving up what you said wait on. Forgive us for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I pray you got something out of this thing tonight. It was good for me. Uh, I can tell you as a leader, listen, as a leader especially that likes to get things done, I know you get angry, and sometimes when you get angry, the truth is it's easy to step into sin. It's easy to start tearing stuff up and ruining stuff, and Moses beats the rock. And for that, God says, you're not going into the promised land. And what's amazing is that some of the people that gave him hell were people that their bloodline got to go in, but he didn't. And so tonight I pray that you would allow the Lord to show you where you've got areas of anger, but that anger needs to be redirected into action. And the, and the action is simple. Number one, we pray. Number two, once we pray, we get a plan, and we work that plan. Amen? Listen, leaders, I pray you were blessed tonight. Again, Harvest Leadership Network is getting ready to go through an evolution. Stay connected um, so that it's going to allow for me to, um, based on the demand and the, the overwhelming demand, it's going to, not overwhelming, but increased demand. I don't like the word overwhelming. Increased demand. She's going to give us the opportunity to um, pour into leaders in a more effective way. So stay tuned and connected for that. If you want to sow into tonight's talk, you're welcome to do that. If you're blessed by this, this goes on our leadership podcast. I encourage you to be a blessing to what blesses you. So you can do that through Cash App, Harvest Search Give, or Bishop Foreman uh, on the Cash App Cash Tag. You can mail it to PO Box 44104, Colorado 844. Harvest Search that Church forward slash Give. You can text Harvest to 59769 to get our app. And you can give through our app. You can use PayPal or Venmo, Harvest Church Give. When you see that Harvest V, bam, that's how you know. That's where you're supposed to be. Um, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.